You're listening to The Lead, a podcast where we learn how to get ahead in the media industry from the people that did. I'm Daniel Funky. Today on the show, we have Rebecca Burns, publisher of the Red and Black newspaper at the University of Georgia. As editor-in-chief of the paper last year, I worked with Rebecca a lot, and she has great insight about the importance of independent student journalism. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership as part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. I'm so happy to have Rebecca Burns on the show today. Rebecca started as editorial advisor at The Red and Black almost two years ago after serving as editor-in-chief of Atlanta Magazine and director of digital strategy for MS Publishing. She was later promoted to publisher at The Red and Black, and her guidance was essential for me during my time at the newspaper. During this interview, she has really helpful advice for anyone who wants to break into the media industry. Here's our conversation. Hey, Rebecca. How's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here on a Friday. So The Red and Black has undergone some pretty major changes in the past couple of years, some of which I've been part of as editor-in-chief and some other things when I worked there, from a website redesign to a print redesign to a digital initiative. So can you highlight some of those changes and how they've been playing out over the past couple months? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely has been a series of change, but all media is changing. So as a hands-on learning lab, I think we're offering our students a great <laughs> real-world experience. Um, the big shift, which you as a former Red and Black Editor-in-Chief were part of, was really shifting to the new website. So the new responsive design website has been up for a full year. Um, we're really excited about it because traffic is um, overall about 40 to 50% above what it was the year before, depending on, on different semesters. And the culture shift is continuing of truly being digital first. It was an interesting phenomenon for me when I arrived at the Red and Black about 18 months ago, where for being digital natives, the students were very fixated on the print paper. Um, it took a lot of time. There was a lot of focus on it, a lot of emphasis on it, and not much on digital, which seemed very counterintuitive to who the students are and who their audience is and how adaptable they are. The joy of overseeing or being part of this transition with the students is how adaptable and quick they are. So in my old job, I went from being editor-in-chief of Atlanta Magazine to digital strategy director for the whole parent company, and I was working with people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s on transition to digital, and it was a much harder transition, and there was a lot more digging in of heels, and it was not, they were not as adaptable, whereas the Red and Black kids, I could say, hey, why don't we do an online survey, and before I'm done talking, someone has logged into SurveyMonkey, created an account, like made a survey and embedded it on a site, and I'm like, I'm still catching my breath. So that part has been a joy. As you mentioned, you joined the Red and Black about two years ago almost. Um, what drove you to want to join student media and be a part of that? Um, two things. One is I was in student media myself, like back in the dark ages where we still actually wrote first drafts on typewriters. Um, I was at the Signal at Georgia State, and it was transformative for me. It was it, it shaped my entire career and outlook, and I learned everything at the Signal in college. I always say I graduated from the Signal, not really from Georgia State. So I always had the, a, a real attachment to it. And over the years working in media, whenever I would hire um, staffers, whether they were 
entry-level people or interns or even 10 years into their career, I would always look at student media experience on their resume and people who had it were always a cut above. And especially when they were coming in um, as very junior staff members, that for me was a huge turning point. So I have a big conviction about the importance of student media. I also had been teaching part-time at Emory which folded its journalism program, and I was teaching part-time in Athens, which is a very challenging commute from Atlanta and balancing that with a full-time job. And so this, to me, was a way to spend all day with students in a hands-on environment and be educational without having to go back and get a Ph.D., so um, it kind of presented a great opportunity at, at its, the stars aligned at a time that worked for my personal goals and kind of my larger convictions about journalism education. What's your favorite part about working with students on a day-to-day basis? That's a great question. Um, I think what I love is they're just so curious and eager to learn. So I feel that um, I feel you all get a, a bad rap where people talk about privileged or entitled millennials who don't really want to do stuff. But I have found that they're just so eager to try new things and will learn stuff and they get really excited with new skills or kind of meeting challenges. So being able to help in whatever way it is, whether it's being a sounding board or actually doing hands-on skills, is just really fun to watch that happen. Um, The other piece that I love is just watching the students evolve over time at the Red and Black. So you have someone who came in as a freshman, didn't really know what they were doing. They did their first couple little test assignments or rewrote a police blotter or, or interviewed some people. And then within the span of just two or three semesters, you see them as a student leader, educating other students, managing a staff. It's just so exciting to watch that happen in real time. What's some of the work that you think student journalists can do better than any other kind of journalist? Um, there are a couple things. Uh, part is just because of the indefatigable energy and enthusiasm. Um, students can really work hard on breaking news um, because part of the time they're they're up at all hours and so they're aware of things that are happening. So I'm thinking um, the example when you were editor-in-chief of the Red and Black, there was the horrible tragedy on when four students here died in a car crash. The students were studying for a midterm. They got out and did hands-on real-world reporting in the middle of the night when the crash happened when everybody else in the world was asleep and kind of broke that story. So just the sheer energy is amazing. And and then, like I mentioned, the willingness to try new skills and new technology. So I'm going to try this technical tool and see how it works, and then I'll try another one. You're not very intimidated by trying new things. So that, I think, is something they can do. And then also... As we have watched the national media landscape shape, local news is really, really important. All politics is local. And right now, for instance, there is a student government election happening on campus at the University of Georgia. That matters to 35,000 people at the University of Georgia. And that kind of local level of covering their colleges and their towns and the communities their college represent, whether through alumni or research or so on, is really important. So they really contribute to the local news infrastructure in a way that maybe is overlooked because they are students. You mentioned the Red and Black's coverage of the tragic car crash last year. Over the past two years, what are some other big stories or just projects that you've really admired that the students have done? Um, Definitely 
during the time I've been here, the football coach was fired. The football coach is the highest paid state employee in the state of Georgia. So this is a very, very big deal, whether or not you care about football or follow it. So um, that was represented millions of dollars, um, television rights, uh, hundreds, of, if not thousands of people, an enormous alumni association following. So I think the students responded to that and covered that really, really thoroughly. Covering, again, political issues that have an impact on the community, such as campus care marriage equality, some of those issues have been really important. Um, I was very impressed with the student team in the fall covering the election. For many of them, it was the first time they'd ever voted. They tracked national media. Based on what they tracked in national media, they all thought the election was going to have a certain outcome. It did not have that outcome, which for many of them was personally not just surprising, but there were people who had had issues around their own personal safety or their family's safety or concerns, but they rallied around and covered it no matter what. And they were able to balance that personal and professional side and move forward. I was really, really impressed with that coverage. The more time I spend there, like there are big highlight stories that come out, but I'm really just watching this, the covering the daily news of the community. So there's a fire in a residence hall covering that. That really matters to these readers. Um, changes in tuition policy or fee policy really matter. Um, using trays in the cafeteria or not using trays in the cafeteria. These are things that have very large implications. So just watching students evolve is the other piece, which is not a highlight so much. It's just like a trend that's been great to see. As some people may not know about the red and black, it's an independent corporation that's completely separate from the university and it's completely run by students except for you who work up at the red and black um what do you think are some of the benefits of that kind of model when compared with other campus media outlets um there's a great benefit to being independent so although as publisher there are times where i think oh it'd be so nice if there was a little funding coming from the university it's really important because we are completely uncensored. The, as you mentioned, the news operation is completely student run. The students pick the stories, go with the stories, run the stories, hire their staff, do everything. I'm there. I still wear my old hat as editorial advisor, so I'm still there to advise, but always in an advisory capacity, not an editing or censoring capacity. And there's great value in that in, in terms of learning to manage a staff and be a leader, even for people who go on and they don't go into journalism at all. They learn so much. And it's also important because this is a very large institution with a lot of money associated and attached to it, um, a lot of policies that affect the lives of the state. It's the flagship university. So having an independent voice to cover what is happening on campus is really important. And just watching cases at other schools where the administration has interfered or tried to veto or squash publication, it's really a cautionary tale about the value of a free press and a free press, whether you're in Washington, D.C., and there are restrictions on who gets in the briefing room or not at the White House, or if you're at the University of Georgia campus in Athens, Georgia, being able to cover the administration without any fear of censorship is very vital to a free country. So as a former red and blacker, I know that I always really valued your advice. And kind of like you mentioned that there's this changing climate of media where people want to restrict access. Uh, the presidential administration might not be as friendly to the press corps. What do you think are the biggest obstacles for student journalists graduating today? And how would you advise them to tackle those? Um, I think there, there are two things. I, one thing, what I love about students is they're very idealistic and ambitious, but sometimes that can get in the way. So I feel that a lot of student journalists think there's an all or nothing path. 
So it's like, if I don't graduate and go get this job and what I think I'm going to be doing 10 years from now, it'll never happen. And the fact is media changes very quickly. People change jobs and work their way up. So when you graduate, you may not get the ideal job right away. Um, you may not get the ideal job for two or three jobs down the road, but you'll get there eventually and you'll learn a lot on the way. And I think a lot of students are scared to start at the bottom and work their way up, but that's what everyone does. And that's how you learn a lot. So I always tell people, take an opportunity and go do something where you're going to grow as a person in addition as a, to a journalist, because that's going to make you better in 10 years down the road, which they have a hard time visualizing being 10 years down the road. There. It's a mixed bag for the students in terms of access. I think that media companies are cutting budget, so they are hiring younger people. They're hiring younger people to do a lot, and you can publish very quickly. And on one hand, that's great. On the other hand, there are some risks because you don't have the safety net of old mentors around who can help you or kind of walk you through your paces. So people get accelerated into these positions where maybe a little more background, a little more seasoning would help them think about something. So for instance, I had a student in my class write a, a news article about the election saying never in the history of America have people been so politically engaged. And I'm like, well, there was the 1960s is one example of people being pretty engaged. There was the 1860s when people were engaged. So I think just not having a sounding board around is a risk for them because they risk jumping in and then stating things that maybe they should have paused and think about or had some background. So I encourage them to read as much as humanly possible and then to find a mentor. There still are those crotchety old people around who know something and it's helpful to bounce ideas off of them just to like give you some background. Thanks so much for being here, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Rebecca Burns is publisher of The Red and Black. Thank you for listening to The Lead. Today's episode was produced by Daniel Funky with special help from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more interviews with media leaders, go to soundcloud.com slash the lead podcast or find us on Twitter at the lead podcast. <laughs>